It's game time. Spilling tea and talking sports. You're listening to the Game Day Tea Podcast mm-hmm. with your host, my name, D. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Game Day Tea. I am your host, D. Gill, coming at you every Tuesday that I produce this podcast. I want to thank you so much. If you're listening to this, I love the support. I can't do this without your listening ears. Before we go on, please, everyone, check out the past, past, past episodes if you want to, which you should, by the way, at www.thegamedaytea.com or your favorite podcast host, Apple, Spotify, uh, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your podcast, you can find the Game Day Tea. Uh, search out sports and then i am the game day t podcast and while you're there listen to all my other beautiful co-host podcasts that we all do for you each and every single week today i have a special guest all the way from australia you all yes my second my second australia guest uh we had a little bit of difficulty you know well i did let me say i had a little bit of difficulty getting my shit together for this episode but i promise you this is going to be worth the wait it's a message that People need to hear, people need to hear. And without further ado, please welcome Pharrell Shamar to the Game Day T podcast, the pad technician, aka the trans technician. Welcome to the Game Day T. Thank you for you're the first person to say my last name, like amazing. So props to you on that one. <laughs> and uh I appreciate you having me um on board. Like I was gonna say, I love I love Americans and uh need to uh need to find my way down there i've been to hawaii a couple of times so that's my intro yeah um but 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 definitely you've got the boxing over us so i have to come learn the craft (laughs) from uh from the uh the americans yeah yeah thank you for having me i love it no problems you mentioned boxing so let's dive right into it (laughs) why boxing just tell us about your love for boxing your history of boxing like spill the tea for us well, I've always, I mean, when I was young, I really, really wanted to get into kickboxing um, and, and obviously boxing, but my father wouldn't, oddly enough, wouldn't allow it. Um, but I ended up at the age of 19 finding MMA, like it was popular at the time. The UFC, you know, had the DVDs because <laughs> now we don't have those anymore. <laughs> I think we're still going around. And then um, I jumped into my um, my first gym that offered MMA. But you you'll love this one. So you know the McDojo gyms. It's yeah. you, you commonly heard of that. I, that was my first gym. It was a McDojo gym. So our trainer was a white belt posing as a black belt. So out of everywhere to learn boxing and kickboxing and MMA, I learned it there, which was quite bloody ironic for my journey because it just went all downhill from there. It went uphill, but you know. The experiences were just horrible. So I learned <laughs> I learned kickboxing from there. But when I went to my second gym, it was Muay Thai. Okay. Which was also which was run by a K1 trainer. So it's it's, uh, it's, it's obviously different. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn proper boxing until maybe 2013. Um no, hold on, 2013. I was 23. Yes, I was getting my years right. And that's when I finally learned proper boxing. And then I, I did a lot of it on my own. So self-taught, which is, is quite common. Um, and then when I started at um, Fight Fit, I ended up meeting uh, Phil Catalucci, who was the former Australian boxing coach for the Australian Olympic boxing team. 
So I learned under him how to do all the diagonal steps, the parallel steps, every everything you can think of is just completely different from your one-two, jab, cross. Mm-hmm. Um, the terminology is different. And so that is when things started to change because it was one of the most, from my understanding, the most complex, everything, the dialogues, the steps. And he's very strict. So the steps that you'll see in the Olympics he does it all the time. It's not you do it every now and then. It's a full on. You are doing these steps. You have a high guard. It's a strict um, guard and strict footwork. So I learned that amazingly within about three months because I was practicing every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and your pad style will change too to suit the style of the boxing technique, ironically. Oh. But I was also training under Nick Cara, who's a former K1 um, champion. And he's very different. He's a very aggressive style, you know, typical fighter. You know, we're going in there to kill him. We're going in there to win. So he wasn't a fan of the steps because it's, it's, it's different from what his style is. So then I had to learn his style, <laughs> yeah, um, which was amazing, though, because that's where I started to understand myself. I'm very unique at adapting and mimicking style. So I would learn Nick's technique, his form, his pronunciations, his communication skills mm-hmm. i would learn phil's mannerisms and his communication and pad skills along with combinations and dialogue and um the way he coached so i took both of those styles because phil was all point based back uh, i don't know how long ago it changed the olympic style was point based mm-hmm. um and nick style is very weird we're here to kill we're here to knock you out and i love them both i think it's a beautiful balance so it taught me how to understand when the perfect time was to utilize the skills and having different fighters what their skill sets were best at and having the the tools to go, I've got this, I've got this, I can use that. Let's try this as opposed to just being one dimensional. Mm-hmm. So that definitely opened up my eyes and myself. I use both styles. I love them both. So I can't say one's better than the other. I personally feel like being a well-rounded coach is a, a big advantage, but you know, we're saying that there are so many coaches in Australia who are bloody successful. So I look at that and go, they're all doing something right. Who are we to say who's better than who? And obviously the States, you know, like I said, it's just another level that I just can't take away from. And that would just be phenomenal to, to learn another style. Yeah. Another style. Well, yeah. it sounds like you have adapted really well. And um, speaking of adapting and all the years growing up uh, with your boxing career, tell me about where, like, where was your mindset, your mindset when you transition to the person you are today like what was going on in your life when you had to worry about who you are as a person as well as play a sport that you love what was it like starting off what was the reception like and uh how has it made you to the person you are today that's a kind of that's a long question but i know you're going to give me like a no 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 Uh, i was going to say i wanted to say thank you for the way you've even presented that question because it's a very common question that other people would tend to ask very so when did you decide why did you choose as opposed to the transitional process so i'd like to say thank you because that to me is very appreciated that you're acknowledging me for who i am not what i've decided to do not that that was the case Mm -hmm. so the transition thank you the, the transition itself was um uh, legally was 18 and then to get rid of the top chest was 21. I had a very delayed traumatic transition. And the uh, real ironic part about this whole thing was I was actually binding my chest with electrical tape at the age of 19 when I started because I didn't know what a binder was and I didn't have access to the internet, mm-hmm. even though I'm the millennial 
technology yeah. <laughs> part of the generation. Yeah. Um, and then when I had, so I was training and I was 120 kilos. Mm. So I trained from 19 till 21. I dropped the weight. I went from 120 to about 73. And then by that stage, I also had a binder. So it was a lot more easier. Mm-hmm. Now, someone asked me this question said, so when you had chest surgery, how did you feel? Did you feel like a man? Did you feel more masculine? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was I didn't because I was already training with that, that, that heavy, the heaviness, the, um, the, the mindset of, I love the sport so much. Mm-hmm. When I had the surgery, I was in the, I was in the gym a week later. I wasn't training. I was just sitting around watching until I could participate again. But it was the only way I could describe it is like I took the weight off my shoulders and I just ran. I was walking, jogging, and then the weight, the one the, the moment I got the chest operation, I was running to my goal. I wasn't thinking, oh, great, I'm a man now. No, I was already in that mindset. There was no, I was already me, still just with a bit more challenges in life. And then the moment that challenge went, I was off to the next challenge. <laughs> and go. many I more. Yeah, I love that. What was the reception yeah. like? Between no your peers in the, bo- in, the bo- in the boxing community? Well, no one knew. Okay. So because I was drilled into my head from the Melbourne doctors that you're transgender, mm-hmm. you are never going to fit in as a man. You will never be a man no matter what surgery you get. You will never find a wife. You will never have a girlfriend. You will never have a normal relationship as a man. You will always be transgender. And because of that traumatic stress mm. So the only way to understand this sometimes is a lot of people, and everyone's different. So my, mm-hmm. my experience and personal perception is different from someone else. In my mind, and this may sound a little bit contradicting, it could, I'm a man. I'm, mm-hmm. I like women. I'm a man. I'm a, just a man. <laughs> Not the manliest man, but I'm that way. So I can't, I don't think any other way. I can't think, well, maybe I'll just do this for a while. It's either I'm a man or I'm dead. So to be told if if I could hope men could relate to this and if you, you know, if you're out there and someone said to you, maybe a a girl or your mother or someone who said to you, you're never going to be a man and you're never going to have the life that you want. Your life just completely shuts down in front of your eyes and you're like, if I can't be me, how do I live? So because of that mindset, I became mentally a very mind dominating male, not, you know, I'd never... Uh, physically i'm very gentle um but mentally i'm like no 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 i'm i'm a man now and i became more male dominant within my my thinking of no i have to be the manliest man i can be i need to be i didn't do the sport for that reason but being in the sport made me like all right cool what can i do i have to prove myself as a man what do i need to do how do i have to look um so I, I tried to fight, but that was because the pressure was on being in a boxing gym. It's mad. You're, you're a man. You fight. You want girls. You fight. You look ripped. You, you, you know, you dress like a man. You look like a man. You talk like a man. Um, and, and I don't mean like a normal man. I mean like, you know, the typical, yeah, we pick up girls. We've, you know, the, to think of like toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. But again, men aren't, not all men are like this. This is just the environment I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And I'm also half Greek, half Italian. So my father's side is very you're a man and you will have, you know, they were cheating on their partners, even though they were married, their masculinity was based on how many women can you pick up? How many men can you hurt? How can you prove it that way? So I would also like to point out that men aren't this bad. (laughs) It's just like anything else in life, you know, you've got your good and your bad. So I didn't want to be seen as a woman. And so no one would ever find out who I am, even though to me that felt like a secret. I actually felt like when I did believe in, uh, because I was, I'm Catholic, 
I believed I was going to hell. I believed yeah. that strongly I was going to hell and that I'm lying to people because the doctors uh, implanted that in my mind. Mm-hmm. So it was a very horrible, challenging thing. So throughout from when I was 19 till uh, 30, no one knew. Mm. And no one would know like it. But then by that stage, halfway through, the guilt went and it was just more like I'm me now. I've actually, even I was forgetting. You're like, you're transgender. I'm like, I am. (laughs) I would forget that. I convinced myself. Yeah. (laughs) Just don't have a penis. (laughs) I I love that because you're comfortable in your skin. You're cozy. Like Beyonce's new song, Cozy. You're cozy (laughs) who you are. And, you know, I can relate to your story of like having the doctors tell you one thing and like, you're in your head, you persevere. You're like, no, I'm not going to believe that. In 2012, I was uh, doing my physical therapy internship to graduate uh, my undergraduate degree, exercise science. And I was holding a shoulder, like do manual therapy on the shoulder. And my uh, physical therapist, my, what do you call that? Clinical advisor. She said, hey, your your, your hands look like old man hands. I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> old man hands? And so I looked at it. I had a little muscle atrophy and the thinner muscles in my hand and i'm like so what's okay what's going on i tell my mom who's also a physical therapist we go to a couple of doctors you know one doctor says that um i have impingement syndrome at the elbow so we did surgery and it was october and november nothing changed to atrophy in my hand so we go to the best doctor best neurological doctor in atlanta georgia that's where i'm from he diagnoses me with als lou gehrig's disease tells me to my face i have five years left to live so I say, okay, you know, mom's crying. It's a very traumatic experience. And it didn't hit me. I mean, it hit me, but it was just like, I don't believe it. Like, I, I, I don't believe it. But if this is what you're saying, I guess this is my, I'm going to die in five years, right? So I go out to California. I've always wanted to live in California, work in California. And I just live my life. I say, whatever doctors, whatever you want to do, I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to poo-poo myself. You know, I'm going to be <laughs> who I am. I'm going to live in the Bay Area, the gayest, gayest probably city you can live in, like San Francisco. I was there living, you know. Um, thank God, though, you know, I was misdiagnosed. I saw another opinion out here in California, and I have Hiriyama disease, which is ALS mimicking disease, but it does it is not fatal wow. so i'm very happy with that all that to say i'm so happy that i had the mindset to keep pushing forward no matter what the doctor yeah. says cuz you had a choice to say okay well i guess i will never be a man i guess i will never uh, be with a woman i guess i guess since you're telling me that you know your your religious base and your doctor your whatever that's what it is just like me i but i do, we didn't we didn't accept that and yeah. everybody that's listening to this message today, just never, you know, keep going. I hate to get emotional. I'm sorry. You're going to get me crying. Whenever, we can't both be crying. <laughs> I know. Whatever, whatever you want to do, whoever you want to be, I say this yeah. message like at the end of every podcast uh, Pharrell, but I'm going to say it in the middle. Be true, be you, yeah. be fierce, because, you know, there are truly people that are dealt with the shit stick in life, and you know they do have the cancers, and they do have the ALS and all this other stuff, and they, you know they go through the traumatic experiences that you and I have gone through, but um, just keep going and be whatever you want to be, and um, I appreciate you uh, for persevering through your journey, because it, uh, I know so many people need to hear this. 
No, I appreciate you sharing that. It's it's very as uh, as I'm sure a lot of people say vulnerable, but but honest, you know. And yeah. I feel like there's not enough people that speak. You know, I watch a lot of on. I don't really want to watch certain entrepreneurs that get sent to me, and I watch and I see the way they speak, which I appreciate. But at the same time, you know, I. I never defined success. I stopped using that word now because everyone looks at success different, which is perfectly fine. But everyone talks about, you know, I, I own this. I've got this business. This is how you can get that. And I get it, it's for like a business purpose. But I, I thought, but you know what? The realness of success is this, going through the hardest times. And when people don't say that and they don't have to, you know, a friend of mine said to me, you know, he was depressed the other week. And I said, well, that's what success looks like, even though I don't use the word. But yeah. that to me is success because this is what defines us, our learnings, our ability to see who we are, you know, and that I think I used to really hate, I fucking hated my socials. I hated my mom and I, I feel so bad because I used to treat her like crap. You know, you brought me into this world, but then I stopped saying I was cursed for being in this world and I start, started saying blessed because if it wasn't for me being who I am, I wouldn't be able to see what a woman's worth is, mm-hmm. what it is to be a mother, what it is to understand masculinity and femininity. But then again, I stopped looking at gender because gender is a term. But if we were just, you know, if you just take away transgenders for a minute and the community, men on their own have their own issues, you know, like, you know, you've got erectile dysfunctions. And I shouldn't say issues. They've got their own circumstances. You've got men who can't have kids. You've mm-hmm. got men who have smaller penises. Yeah. So when a woman's to say, oh, I want a man who's six foot and a big dick and an X amount of money, it's like, but you've already insulted half the earth, let alone men saying, I want a woman who's got big breasts and she's smart and she hasn't been around. And it's like, well, double-edged sword for, for genders on their own. So when you put it in that perspective, you don't have to be transgender to have these same or similar issues. They may be more amplified or maybe more barriers or challenges so I, I always try to get every, to, to, to make it inclusive because I'm no better, I would think, than a man who can't have kids. Yep. But then again, everyone likes to throw in my face because they have the penis. I'm like, all right, fair enough. At least I can run a bit quicker. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I can't run at all. <laughs> but, you know, but for me, that's how I try to look at things in life because, you know, like yourself, you've probably gone through certain circumstances that I could appreciate understanding, but I will never be able to feel the the pain that you felt with your mother at that moment let alone what drive you had because your drive could be similar to mine so i always now appreciate people's stories but it's your story and your personal individuality that's beautiful and as much as i can relate even if i've done the same thing i never will and that's what i try to educate now about people is respect because you don't have to you don't have to like someone's story you don't have to resonate but if you can respect their story mm-hmm. then you've got you're acknowledging yeah. who they are as a human it doesn't matter their gender yes and so it's the me. acknowledgement for who we are as a human yeah. and that's what i that's what i look to now so I, I we got off topic but i think we're on the same topic but no, continue. we are <laughs> i'm going to tie it all in right after this break <laughs> welcome back to the game day tea it is D. Gill here. I am talking to Pharrell, the wonderful, wonderful pad technician. Uh, Pharrell, we, we were talking about before the break how, you know, how we relate as humans. Why do you think, you know, in the sports world, we're, we're fighting for inclusion, right? For LGBTQI yeah. plus A. You know, we're fighting for inclusion in sports. 
and to to be related to as humans why do you think that's so important because we all have the same well we're all born the same we all live a very similar life in terms of the way we breathe and eat etc yeah the the sports is it's not about you know sports is is a you know it's a category but then the health and wellness yeah you know we've we've brought so much upon you know we need to get out there and be participating in a sport you know for our health and well-being stress depression you know Mm -hmm. so many factors of what sports has done and will do and continue to do for our health some obviously at a performance level that i could never never be at but the inspiration that drives others to succeed and i feel has most times overcome some of our worst stages in life yet we're not inclusive of people like myself who have found a way in life and i understand and don't get me wrong as a transgender i i understand 100 percent the challenges because being born one gender um how it can be an advantage and i understand from both sides because i have to look at it from both sides and go okay what are the stats what's the purpose what's the role is there an advantage is there a disadvantage mm-hmm. Um, what do the public think? What does the community think? And I believe, yes, inclusion. However, I understand why it's a challenge and a barrier, but I also strongly believe that there is not enough evidence stating otherwise. So I can't confirm yay or nay, but I get it. And I said to, after the uh, other swimmer, they had that, I don't know about how it was in America, but when we saw it in Australia, everyone, it was, everyone was emotional, Twitter and Instagram. Big deal. And a lot of people asked me, which I was humbled by, but I said it is a challenge and I look, I believe she should be in the sport mm-hmm. and no, it's not because I'm transgender. It's mm-hmm. because I do believe she should be in the sport. If for the circumstances that look, it, it doesn't happen. And, and that's, you know, that's sad. Yeah. However, let's work with that. If that's the case, then what's our solution? How do we then get cracking on this? Yeah. And I, I, I'd hate to say, look, you know, if we have our own category, you know what? It is what it is. But to constantly fight for something that we're not sure of yet, again, because it's still new. Mm-hmm. So again, I like, I want proper evidence. I haven't seen the evidence they were talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's from one person who I feel like, you know, is very strict yeah. in their demeanor. Mm-hmm. But if there's evidence and look, it ends up going that way. We have our own category. Then let's work with that then. Yeah. So I, I, I need solutions. I can't sit here speaking emotional because, mate, I'm very passionate being Greek and Italian. We can talk for days. <laughs> so... My, my problem is I need solutions. We, yeah. we need solutions. But more so, I felt like there should be more inclusivity. Yeah, but let's put sport aside the actual athleticism. We need okay. more inclusivity within our approaches, you know, or yeah. we spoke to the scientific database person. Well, do we have a transgender athlete there? Do we have people oh, that understand no. athleticism? I'm a boxing coach, but yet no one seems to ask me any questions. Yeah. <laughs> or we spoke to... We spoke to the former world champion. You spoke to the former world champion who's also very strict mm-hmm. and doesn't like women in his gym. So you're going to ask him for his opinion and not someone like myself or a woman. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So yeah, I look at I those do. things and go, and everyone's opinion is valid. That is not, I'm not saying that no one's opinion is not valid. But if you speak to, uh, what have I got? I've got a Harley at the look. And, you know, you've got, a, what's the other one that Harley or Suzuki? Yeah. And Yasa or Suzuki Yamaha. guys, oh, yeah. Yamaha. Yeah. Oh, you got a Harley? Oh, well, no, Harley's a... No, 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 mate, I, I need a Suzuki. 
And so all the enthusiasts who like Suzuki's are going to hate the Harleys and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So of course you're going to get your answer if you go to Suzuki's. Yep. You know, they're going to be like, yeah, Harley's suck, they're slow. Yeah, you know what, you're right, yeah, yeah. And if I go to a Harley, they're going to go, well, Suzuki's, oh, mate, they're not loud enough. Yeah, 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 you're right. It's a bit of noise. Yeah. So they're both right. Yeah. But they're both right. Yeah. So persuasion, you know, is, 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 is a, magnificent key, a magnificent key when it comes to, to preaching. So that, that can be a complex area. So when you like something, you're going to go hang around X, Y, and Z who's given you the answers, mm. even if the other one's not wrong. So how can we get an answer that's very factual? Because I don't even believe gender is a, like non-binary, for yep. example. I don't believe you can say that's a fact or a stat yet because everyone's non-binary is different to them. So how can I say on my videos, because I do make a few about pronouns, mm-hmm. I always say my personal understanding because it's my understanding because no one's really given this is what non-binary is. This is the hard evidence. It's a law and legislation, a policy and procedure under the framework of X, Y, and Z. So therefore we cannot make comments on things that, or say it's a stat or a fact, unless it's actually been proven X amount of times in my opinion. So going back to the athleticism, we're getting all these opinions and by right we do, but we're getting opinions from the, wrong people when i say wrong i don't mean it like you're wrong as in like you know maybe bad choice of words we're getting it from people who don't have enough information enough experience enough understanding or bias you know i i I, look there are people that say to me you'll never be a man with a penis but that's fine and i get that i respect that Mm -hmm. i don't agree but i'm acknowledging that's your opinion even though to me it's insult it could be insulting Mm -hmm. i i learn to learn to sit in the middle and go if I'm going to jump into sports, mate, I can't sit here and go, oh, no, transgender should be, well, give me some evidence. Because yep. when I'm boxing, people go, well, if you jab and he gets hit, oh, well, I've, I've always got a backup plan. I tell my fighters, we go in with plan A all the way to bloody plan C, <laughs> mate. They may not be the right plans, but yep. I've got plans. And then if I screw up, we're off to the Greek alphabet. Yeah, <laughs> I always have a backup plan, but I back up what I'm saying. Yeah, Because that's my job as a coach. So when it comes to athleticism, I'm learning. People go, well, this, that, that denominator, this. All right, cool. Let me know. So if I don't know everything and I'm transgender and I'm in the sport, how the hell are all these other people meant to know? And this is all new. So what evidence did you bloody get, mate, in a year that I can't seem to get a hold of Mm -hmm. and universities? Because everyone, remember this, and I say this very strongly, no one goes to uni to go, we go to uni and to research to learn. No one's going to go, could you just experience wanting to jump off a bridge for a week no you you read about it you watch documentaries you don't put yourself in that position mm-hmm. so when people say i've researched i've got a phd and i appreciate the time and effort but do you actually have an understanding of what i'm saying because you you've heard my voice but it doesn't mean you actually know the steps and the procedures and and the laws and legislations and how things can play a part in someone's life and the traumatic effects. So it's one of the most complex areas. And that's why when they have murder cases, it's not as easy Yeah. because you've got to now look into the mind of a criminal, what their backstory was. And uh, the, the, the jury is going to have a different perspective based on the evidence that's been given. And so that's why uh, I love serial killers because the mentality behind it is very complex yet interesting. So when you look at society, we have so many individuals giving different opinions based on their PhD, their law degree, their degree, their science degree, but yet no one's actually gotten someone from the community with the experience within this industry, whether it's boxing, swimming, uh, university, tennis, soccer, 
it's all based on I've been doing this for 20 years, but have you also been a transgender playing soccer for 20 years? No. So at least get someone on board, get a volunteer, pay someone, or actually if you care about the community, go do your research properly. You're just giving evidence based on another person who doesn't like me. So of course it's going to look in your favor. If we all hate Harleys, we're going to get the Suzuki people in, (laughs) the Yamaha people in, and we're going to convince you otherwise. And it's that easy. So persuasion, let alone no experience, is my my debate on why there is no hard evidence as of yet, let alone we're we're talking to people who who have different cultural beliefs. Mm -hmm. And, And I get that. So when you go to another country whose cultural belief are different, well, then how are we supposed to get an ant? Well, we're not going to win. Yeah. So that's my debate. Not putting anyone down or anything like that. We, I respect their culture. So then I have to find a way to go. All right. Do I find someone else to approach? Do I change my approach with how I present? Mm-hmm. Because there's always a solution. You just have to find it. But God for sake, it's bloody hard with we're in our position. <laughs> but there's always a loophole, and I'm pretty big on you know I love my little loopholes and Plan A to Plan Z because if if no one else can be stopped, if you know if, if people can manage to become president and I don't think we've got one in Australia. So much as I know about politics. Um, if there's ways for people to succeed in life, then there's ways for inclusion to be developed. I think it's just the approach yep. and the right sources that we have behind us helping the community. I love it. And the public. I love it. Uh, speaking of the community, what are you doing now in boxing? Like, I, I wanted to give you a little your floor to say, what are you doing? Where can people find you at in Australia? They want to know more about boxing, what you do. Tell me about it. So I, I had, I sold the home gym. So I still work out of the little home gym. Mm-hmm. I, um, I only have at the moment just my fighters. Uh, some of them have come back after COVID. They seem to find home again. I've done more wanting to do more, pursue more advocacy work for the community to promote the boxing inclusion and kickboxing and combat sports, of course. I still do my um, my sessions. I'm more than happy to do them from my house in um, in Melbourne. But my main goal is to actually to have a team. Look, you know, I've actually I haven't said this live before. I, I'd love my my dream goal for a long time was to have female fighters. That is what I'm really because I feel props to women. Women do it better. Yeah, I'm just I, I can't I can't help it. I feel like female boxers and and MMA fighters and kickboxers are just one of the most extraordinary parts of life to athleticism that I cannot, you know, you know, I cannot appreciate enough. So I would love to have a team of female fighters, let alone male fighters too. Mm-hmm. I would love to train the community. Like if there are anyone in the LBGTQIA plus who want to, they don't have to fight, want to box kickbox to definitely feel like they could, um, reach out to me. I've, I've just partnered up with Naveen, who's a friend of mine. He has an online platform called Invictus Sport, which is designed that I do some coaching. So I can, I'll show you the jab, the videos, you know, jab tutorials, cross you know, all the way to the body rip, et cetera. So if you're not in Melbourne and can't reach me, you can jump on Invictus, mm. check out something you would like to learn and then ask for feedback. You do have to pay, could be anywhere from, you know, five to 25 bucks, depending on what I set the cost at. Mm-hmm. Pharrell, they send me a video. Could you watch my jab? Could you watch my cross? Or can you watch my footwork? And then I'll give one-on-one feedback okay. that allow me to actually watch you and either speak and communicate or verbally, sh- uh, verbally show you, physically show you through another video. Mm-hmm. Because that way it allows the community to have that safe platform to go, Pharrell's in the community and I've got a direct coach actually helping me 
um, as opposed to going on YouTube, which is still great. Yeah. But I also believe in, you know, a lot of people learn differently, communicate. Like like I said, I've got five different ways to explain a jab. It could be Lee hand, number one, um, left hand. So I, I want people to adapt. Um, I want to adapt to my clients and members and friends. So they've got something to to build their foundation on because boxing is such a big part of the community. I can't, like, I, I don't know about yourself or anyone who's listening that, it's a life-changing sport. It's not about the aggression. It's not about masculinity. It's not about fighting. It's actually a craft and an art form that if you tap into it, you will find parts of yourself that you could never imagine. And I don't want people shying away because a gym can be intimidating or they don't know who to speak to or people don't have the time to give them. So that's one of the best ways to also get in touch if you want advice, but even just jump on the platform. It's free. Just Check out the videos, go on my Instagram page, which is the trans technician. I've got my YouTube page, which is the pad technician. So there's reviews. I did reviews on pads. Um, I love <laughs> my pads. And uh, yeah, just uh, tr- I'm TikTok now. <laughs> <laughs> and I jumped on TikTok. So I've got my educational videos for pronouns and transgender stuff and boxing. So that I've put myself on as many platforms as I can. So people in the community or, or not in the community can learn boxing can learn about pads can learn about you know my experiences so i'm just trying to be very educational on as much as i can to show i've become the person i have through what i'm actually saying now i'm not saying oh do boxing it's going to change your life i can explain and will explain how i've developed thus skills how i've developed my persona how I've overcome these things. Like I'm not going to shy away from going, well, if you go see X, Y, and Z, you'll become X, Y, and Z. I will tell you everything from a raw detail because that is how I feel is the support is best for for society. It doesn't have to be the community in general, for for everyone. Everyone needs to, well, not everyone needs to, but I think it's beautiful for everyone to have support regardless of who you are. Wow. Sorry for my rant. <laughs> no, that was a beautifully stated. Uh, that was, was I, I can't even ask another question. You asked every single <laughs> answer to the opportunity. But you know, point. <laughs> <laughs> Pharrell, I really enjoy talking to you. I've learned uh, a lot just our 45 minutes that we've been talking so far. And I, I have to give also give a shout out to Martin Stark for putting this. Together. Yes. Shout out to you, Martin. I really hope to get out there for the World Gay Boxing Championships if, if it's still going on next year. I would, yeah. I would love to come out there. But um, if you enjoyed this episode, you know, give give Pharrell a shout, you know, like say a thank you. Like, wow, let let him know, you know, how, how you felt about it. Let me know and I'll pass the messages along. But uh Go, everybody go out there always be true be you and be fierce uh pharrell wow thank you like i i'm speechless like i needed this episode like i needed to hear this message you're so passionate about what you do who you are and it's just so refreshing to hear it's just so refreshing to hear so thank you Thank you. I appreciate it. I always, always say I pressed myself. I didn't know. <laughs> no, no, it's, um, and, you know, definitely wanted to say a big thank you to Martin. You know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have, you know, I've gained a lot of courage from my, my speaking and how I look at myself. Like I've grown so much in about I think two months, but you know, Martin, thank you. And then, and even you, Darius, it's been such, it's a, it's, it's an honor to be you know part of the show and even have that communication. Like I, I, I know it sounds cliche going on. Thank you for being here. But I generously from the bottom of my heart do thank you because it's, 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 it's a blessing to speak to someone like yourself and to share. Thank you so much. And I I hope this uh, episode really touches people 
in 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 a good way. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> I was about to say that. Like... <laughs> uh, consent is sexy, even for your ears, right? <laughs> All right, everyone, have a wonderful, wonderful week. I look forward to doing this again. Let's chat sometime, and hopefully, I can we can do an in person interview. If uh, yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> All righty, everyone, take okay. care.